0: This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit Podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Bumps all through the night, mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing together. hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Set on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries. Ain't. Welcome
1: to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host, Jerry and Tracy
0: Pauly, and their dog, Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 236 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry.
1: And I'm Tracy. Tracy. And I love y'all. Oh,
0: that was awful sweet. (laughs) Obviously, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you for all that you do.
1: Bless you guys. You are totally our angels. We love you guys and we pray for you every day. Thank you for keeping us safe.
0: Also, as we mention on every show, it's a tough time going on for a lot of people, whether it be COVID, whether it just be the events of the world, uh, the events of our the country, whatever the case is. There's a lot of people down right now, and we just want people to know that you are wanted, you are loved, and you're cared about. Even if we've never met you, we care about you. And I know that might be hard to believe, but it's true. And you know, I posted something the other day that I think says it all. It said, how can, you know, it's it's how can you say that you love me when we've never met? If people can hate for no reason, people can love for no reason.
1: Absolutely.
0: So obviously, if you've got some situations that you uh, need to talk to, Tracy and I are always available. The group, 5,000 Strong, is willing to talk to anybody at any time of night, any time of day. So if you just want to talk to some people that are unbiased, we're there you don't feel like you can talk to fa- friends or family members there's trust me a lot of people there who care about you whether you realize it or not
1: yes you guys please reach out to us or like jerry said anybody in our group if you're if you'd rather call the suicide hotline number it's 800-273-8255 or you can text at seven four one seven four one. 741 741 Please, please reach out to us because you are loved, whether you know it or believe it or not. We guys are all here for you all and will be. Don't matter what time of day or night, if you need to call us, we'll give you our phone numbers. Just please reach out. Don't be alone because you're not alone.
0: Absolutely. As usual, this episode is brought to you by El Ucateco Hot Sauce. It is the number one habanero-based hot sauce in the United States. Top 10 of all hot sauces In the United States. That's a yum. I had some on my tostada.
1: You did. I just saw you do that. So we went to a Mexican restaurant (laughs) yesterday. And Jerry ordered something. And when they brought it to him, it was totally not what he ordered at all. I still ate it though. But he still ate it because he ain't trying to make a big deal over nothing. So it was no big deal. And uh, so he didn't get his tostado. So he made one at home today. And he doused it. In that stuff. It was so good. It really, It was really good.
0: Yeah, I love a good tostada.
1: Yeah, I know. You really do. And Taco
0: Bell got rid of them, and that was like my favorite thing, because they had like this sriracha sauce that they yeah. put on it, and that's what really made it. hmm And now I can't get it. Yeah. So I had to make my own sauce. There you go. Which is There you go. Anyways, if you would like some O Yucateco, you can get it in most of your major grocers. I actually found three bottles today. The, uh, the red, the green, and the XXX hot at uh, Save-A-Lot. Which surprised me a little bit. And, but Kroger, Walmart, Target, a lot of them have it. Meyer. We've, mm-hmm. we've ran into it just here locally. So if your uh, local grocer doesn't carry it, you can A, ask them to. But you can go to lucateco.com and you can order whatever you want. Merchandise, hot sauce, you name it, they have it. And you can use the code Hillbilly Horror and get 10% off your purchase.
1: There you go. Win-win.
0: All right, Tracy. I'm going to start off this way. Few places in America have the reputation of Salem, Massachusetts. And think about it. If if I was to say Salem, Massachusetts to you, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Witches. Absolutely. Now keep in mind, the witch trials in Salem were 330 years ago. Still, it's the first thing that people think of when mm-hmm. Salem's mentioned. I definitely understand why, because it was a dark part of history here in the United States. So when you think about it, it stands to reason with all the atrocities that happened from February 1692 to May of 1693. There were 200 people that were accused of being a witch, 30 found guilty, and 19 executed by hanging. And that's not counting like Giles that was killed you know, from a different way where they basically put the uh, stones on his body and he died of, of the pressure of the, of the weight of the stones
1: okay he, let me ask you that would you rather go that way or hanging
0: well if my neck was just going to snap i'd rather go by hanging because it'd be quicker his death took a long time but then you also had people that were that died in the uh, the conditions they were being kept because they were keeping them all like it was freezing cold and they were keeping them in the winter months before the trial. And a lot of those people died just like in the building. They didn't have any heat or anything mm-hmm. like that, or they got illnesses from being out there and died from that. So even though there was only 19 hung, there were several that actually died. Right. I think there was, I want to say, and I didn't look this number up, so I could be wrong, but there was like 27 people, I believe, that actually died, even though only 19 were executed from hanging.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: So tonight we're going to talk about one of these places in Salem that's really haunted that a lot of people think have to do from the events that happened back over 300 years ago, and that's the Salem Inn. Now, this episode will be a little lighter on the history part and heavier on the paranormal aspect. Mm -hmm. I'm going to point out that today the Salem Inn is a bed and breakfast, but it's made up of three separate properties, if that makes sense. And the West House is the main property. It's the biggest, and it was the original, but they've added the Kerwin House and the Peabody House as years have went on. So we're going to focus primarily on the West House tonight, but we'll touch on the other properties. It was built in 1834 by Captain Nathaniel West. So when you hear the date, you might think, well, how does this have any connection to the witch trials? Because it was 200 years before, you know, or, or roughly. The house, though, was actually built on the land that was owned by Jonathan Corwin, who was one of the judges who presided over the trials. So there's your connection. Gotcha. So he was heavily involved and he owned the property at one point. Salem Man's West House has 22 rooms and is currently made up of three different homes that are now all joined together. West bought the land back in 1811. He built three beautiful Greek Revival-style townhomes in 1834. He died December 19th of 1851. Now these homes were located at number 5, number 7 and number 9 Summer Street. The one he died in was number 9. But they were all right next to each other. All so right. just think about three houses lined yeah. up on the same side of the road. In the late 1800s number 9 was turned into an apartment building with 10 apartments. In the mid 1900s number 5 and number 7 were combined and turned into a boarding house for men. This had the reputation for being uh, pretty much a flop house, and it had a shady reputation as well. Women would actually cross the street rather than pass in front of the house for safety concerns. Oh, damn. So, you know, you're talking 1950s, 60s, Mm -hmm. and these guys were, you know, probably loners and drifters and uh, possibly alcoholics and drug addicts and what have you, and that's who was staying there. Well, yeah, that'd be a little bit scary. Yeah. That changed in 1983 when Dick and Diane Pabick bought all three houses and they combined them to create the Salem Inn. So, they actually connected all of them. So, if you actually are there at the, uh, the actual property, they say it's kind of weird as you're walking through because the way the houses are joined or something. It's just like it's like a maze kind of walking through there, but it's because the three have all been connected now. Mm-hmm. Dick and Diane did some major renovations, but kept to the Victorian charm. As we said earlier, they bought the Peabody House, which was built in 1874, and the Kerwin House, which was built in 1854. <laughs> they turned these two places into bed and breakfast as well, and now they all are part of the Salem Inn. So you can go in, and they are completely different. I mm-hmm. mean, they are like, one of them was a house that's only got, like, seven rooms and the other. So, we'll get into a little bit, bit more of that later. But there's definitely a different charm to each one of these. One of them, I think, is an Italian mm-hmm. revival where the other, the West House is Greek revival. So, they're different oh, styles and Oh, that's everything. cool, though. So, like I said, the twi- you got 22 rooms in the, in the West House, 11 at the Kerwin House and 7 at the Peabody House. All right. So, now we got a little background on the place. Let's talk some hauntings. Yasina Sutton, who was an office supervisor at one time there, she once told Rosemary Ellen Giley, Our guests have a lot of stories. The inn has a strange feeling at night when things settle down. Sutton got her very first experience on her second night of training in 2004. She was sent to Room 17, which will be mentioned a lot because it is the most active, according to most of the guests and experts who have been there. But she went to Room 17 and she said that there was an icy atmosphere. She opened the door, and it shut right behind her all on its own. She opened it, but it shut again right behind her. She said that there was a weird feeling in the room. Aside from being icy, it just felt weird. She didn't find out that the room was haunted until much later on. Sutton also worked her share of late nights, all alone at the reception desk. She said that when it gets really quiet... You can see and hear a lot of strange things, like strange whispers and whistling throughout the hallways and above her on the staircase. In the early days when this would happen, she would leave her desk, walk up the stairs, and she would ask if anybody was there, but there never was. So the noise would stop as soon as she got up the stairs, and it would start again when she got back at her desk. She eventually got to the point when this happened so much that she just started to ignore it. Mm. Just is what it is. The so doors would often open and they would slam on their own, which she thought was extremely odd because the doors here are extremely heavy. Yeah. It's very unlikely for them to just open and close on their own, especially when it's not a drafty hotel. Yeah. Sutton also said that small objects would disappear and reappear somewhere else. It happened on a regular basis to several guests and several employees. The basement is another place in the West House that has a very eerie feel to it. None of the employees like to go down there. Sutton can remember when it was part of her responsibilities to turn the lights off in the basement. She said she would go down there, turn the lights off, only to have them turn back on by the time she reached the top of the stairs. This would happen over and over to the point where sometimes she would just leave the lights on and say, it is what it is. <laughs> I
1: don't blame her. We're done.
0: Now, this happened on several occasions. She said it got to the point that she would either call another employee or her husband and have them stay on the phone with her while she was down in the basement. I would do the very same thing. Sutton remembers being in the downstairs bathroom one time. She said she was in the stall and the door to the neighbor neighboring stall there just kept opening and closing. So she obviously figures she's got, you know, one of her coworkers or something's playing a prank on her, and she got back upstairs. She looks at her coworker and she said, "Very funny." And her coworker had this confused look on her face, and she's like, "Well, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about." And she said, "You know, downstairs in the stall," and she's like, "I promise you, I've never left my desk." And they were the only two employees in the place.
1: So you can't even take a pooping piece.
0: You don't know that she was pooping. It was a woman. They sit well, down in the stall for everything.
1: Well, whatever. She still didn't have no privacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are several reports from guests and staff that are seeing a shadowy figure of what appears to be a middle-aged woman. Well, they counts count you out. Well, because you're so young. You, could, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be mistaken as middle-aged.
1: I can still reach you. You and your nappy head.
0: No one is exactly sure of the identity of the spirit, but it has been seen in various parts of the bed and breakfast. So it's not really confined to one specific yeah. special room or what have you.
1: Well, that'd be boring.
0: <laughs> she particularly likes a spot by the window that looks out onto the courtyard. There's also the apparition scene on the second floor of a man that most seem to think is the captain West himself. In the lobby area, There's some old guest books and uh, diaries of paranormal activities from uh, guests going all the way back several years. So they have this Victorian sitting room in the lobby with all the, you know, the books and stuff like that. And that's where they keep them at. So if you've got a paranormal experience, you jot them down in this book. But they, like I said, these things go back years and years and years. And it says that some guests have reported loud music coming from that same sitting room at 1045 p.m., even though there were no guests down there at all. And there was no radio or a phonograph or tape player or anything to play music in the area. Dang.
1: That's a, where was that one place we were where there was like that sitting room where you could write your
0: stories? And the stuff? Low Hotel.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: In uh, Point Pleasant.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So let's talk about some of the haunted rooms in specifically since we talked about some in general. And we're going to start with the infamous room 17. In this room, guests had been awakened from a slumber only to see an all-white apparition of a lady. No one is exactly sure who this woman is, but there was a portrait of a woman that was found behind uh, one of the heaters in the room, and it kind of matches the description that most witnesses have given of this lady. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's her, who knows. I don't know how these little legends or folklores get started, but they say you are less likely to see this spirit, and she'll leave you alone if you leave out a, gas, a glass of wine or like a darker liquor-like bourbon or whiskey for her. Wow. So you leave it out on the table, and she supposedly will leave you alone. Because she'd be
1: sipping on her, sipping I on her juice? <laughs> I
0: guess. Sutton said that she believes that this is the same spirit that she has seen, actually, at the breakfast uh, room area, just kind of sitting down. And she thinks she also sees the same spirit as a reflection in her computer screen. Ah. Oh. how would like to be sitting, and you're looking at a computer screen, And then you see a reflection in it, and you know you're the only one there.
1: I know, dude. I would pee my britches for sure.
0: One guest said that while she was staying in room 17, she was relaxing in a jacuzzi and the lights and the TV turned off.
1: Nope.
0: (laughs) Others have been awoken by pressure. Others have been awoken by a pressure on their body as if somebody was laying on top of them.
1: I might dig that if they were giving me a really good massage. (laughs) Other than that, yeah. I don't
0: know how you think massages are given, but it's usually not by somebody laying on top of you.
1: Well, I'm saying they'd have to do extra work besides just lay there.
0: (laughs) Some paranormal investigators have felt physical pain and oppression in the room and even heard the sound of a gunshot. I tried to do a little research to see why that would be, and I really couldn't find anything where a gunshot would have came into play. I couldn't find any suicides or Mm -hmm. murders or anything in room 17. That's kind of random. Yeah. So, other occurrences in the most haunted room of the Salem Inn include a bathroom door that not only closes, but it locks itself. Skills. (laughs) TV remotes fall off the nightstand in the middle of the night. Uh, Items get rearranged. One woman said that, the TV remote fell off the nightstand twice in the middle of the night. The TV? The TV uh, remote. Oh, you just said the TV, and I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, that would make it worse, because <laughs> the TV fell off. <laughs> yeah. No, she said the remote fell off of the nightstand twice. One time, it was it hit hit so hard that it, the back came off and the batteries went out. Oh. And she said it wasn't in a way where she could have knocked it off.
1: No, oh, I was going to say, maybe she did it in her sleep. No.
0: no. She already thought about that she mm-hmm. gave get the answer. That would be, nah.
1: Nah, not me. Didn't do it. It's
0: believed that there are more than one spirit inhabiting that room. Besides the lady in white, a guest has reported seeing a dark figure in a long coat and wearing a rain hat. I'm not exactly sure what a rain hat is. Like I know what it is for head. a woman. What is it for a woman?
1: You know, those little plastic see-through things. when I oh. put over their hair.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's it. I think this is more like a cowboy hat. I'm not sure.
1: Maybe it's Cass.
0: Yeah. She asked who he was, and he told her, like, this is a quote. Don't touch me, the dullness rubs off. The what? Dullness. Oh, <laughs> well, rude. And then, disa- and then he disappeared. Well, that's rude. And no, and, and the lady said she was thoroughly confused as to what that even meant.
1: Well, I don't know, but that would have hurt my feelings. Well.
0: Yeah. But you get your feelings hurt easy, so.
1: Well, I think he's trying to say that she's dull and non-existent maybe, so don't rub.
0: Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess so. I guess, see, I took it as him saying don't touch him because his dullness would rub off. But maybe you're right. Maybe mm-hmm. he didn't want her because
1: mm-hmm.
0: she was boring,
1: mm. maybe.
0: And he didn't want her to touch him, so her dullness didn't rub off on him. Maybe, I don't know.
1: Well, he needs to get off his high
0: horse. Well, I didn't see that he was on a horse. Well, you so. said
1: he had a cowboy hat.
0: Well, I said it was a rain hat, and I don't know what that is. (laughs) Another woman said that she was laying in the bed with her eyes closed, getting some rest. Her husband was in the shower. She felt someone or something sit on the bed beside her. So she thought, okay, well, that's my husband. He's, He's out of the shower. She opens her eyes. Nobody was there. She said it seemed more like the weight of a child rather than an adult. I told you that happened to me
1: a couple nights ago where I thought Freddie was had jumped up on the bed because it felt like somebody had sat down beside me and I <clears throat> went so far as to reach
0: around to pet him and it wasn't him at all. He wasn't there. It's funny that you say that. Because we're gonna room go to room eleven. Okay. A woman named Kathy stayed there in July of 2012 and she was laying in bed. She said she said she felt a slight Bit of pressure on the bed as if a small animal had jumped up there. She claimed she heard a cat's meow, and then it started pawing at her feet until she kicked it, and then it stayed away the rest of the night.
1: Whoa! Well, I didn't feel all that, but that's crazy.
0: But I mean, she thought she had a cat.
1: I, I, I mean, it was very real to me, and, and I knew it wasn't you because you were downstairs. So yeah, that happened to That's happened to me a couple of times actually.
0: Room twelve. This room tends to have a doorknob that rattles on a regular basis. One guest said she tried to open the door while the knob was rattling, but it was like something was holding the door closed, so she couldn't open the door at all, even even though she had turned the doorknob. It wouldn't let her open it. Another guest heard someone or something run into the door. They immediately opened the door, but nothing was there. There have been reports of a baby crying in that room, a woman sniffling, and one male guest heard his name called by a soft female voice. That's happened to me as well. This ain't about you.
1: I know, but these things have happened to me. For real. <laughs> I told you that, right?
0: Yeah. A couple times. Yes. One family that stayed in room 12 was so scared that they completely left the room in the middle of the night. They said, and I quote, we are hearing noises from all over the place. There are bangs coming from the basement. So many things. Yeah, I can see how that might freak you out. Yeah, I would. In room 13, guests hear the sound of a creaky door opening and closing. One guest experienced sleep paralysis. He said that he was pinned down and frozen to the bed with pressure on his shoulder, and then something moved across his body, as if it was rolling from one side of the bed to the other side of the bed. <laughs> hmm. One woman said she put on a white linen blouse, was getting ready to go out to dinner. But after she headed on, she noticed that there was a bunch of yellow spots starting to appear on it. She went in and washed them off, but she said they came right back. And she said they foamed up like soap when the water touched them. The next day, there were no spots at all on the blouse. When she got home... She noticed that there was one more yellow spot. It was up on the collar, and it had a lemon smell to it. Wow, that is so weird. It is. Room 15, this is going to sound familiar. A woman in this room put on a red blouse, and it had white spots on it. Her husband made the comment that it looked like soap spots. <laughs> which sounds a lot like the lady saying that when she would wash hers... She had soapy. Yeah, it was soapy. It would suds up a little yeah. bit, or whatever the case. Yeah, you know. And I was thinking about that as I was as I was reading that story, and I'm thinking there's two different two different rooms. The women have spots on them that they both equated to being like soap. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it possible that maybe whatever soap dispensers they were using there at the hotel, or maybe in the lobby, or I don't know, because well. The problem with that is the ladies both acted like this wasn't something they had on. Like the one woman that had the white blouse on, she said she had it laying out mm-hmm. to wear that day, but she didn't already have it on. So it's not like she got it from like a down a hallway bathroom or something like that. But, you know, I guess she put it on. Maybe she washed her hands or something and maybe something splattered when she. No. I don't know. That's but I mean, stupid. But I mean, both of these cases in separate rooms were both soap spots in her shirt. So that's odd. I don't know. I just thought it was odd. There's another woman in the room that was putting on makeup in the bathroom. She said that her eyeshadow got yanked straight out of her hand, thrown against the wall, causing the eyeshadow to get all over the wall and into the tub. Don't room, mess with my makeup. Come on. Room 16. The door opens on its own, and there's some large banging sounds that come from the hallway side of the door. Figures have also been spotted in this room. The bedroom curtains like to open by itself after being closed, and the bathroom sink likes to shut off on its own after as you're sitting there washing your hands or brushing your teeth. Didn't want to waste
1: water, you know. I guess maybe he was he was a what do you call them? Conservation, whatever that word is. Conservation. No, conserves. Conservationist. Oh yeah, 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 that. <laughs>
0: Room 40. That word was hard. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Room 40. In this room, you get disembodied voices and figures. One night, a guest woke up to find a figure standing on his balcony, only to have it disappeared when he asked who he was. Another woman said that she saw a black shadow stretch across the ceiling in her room. Now, see... I think
1: that would be more scary than anything to see something on your ceiling. I don't know why that would make a
0: difference, other than to see something in front of you. I think it's funny, and I'm not funny, and not disputing anybody, obviously. But I think it's funny, like these people—they see somebody standing at their bed, or they see somebody in the mm-hmm. balcony. And like I was talking to a paranormal investigator the other day, that's been doing this for close to 30 years, and he's never seen a full body apparition.
1: Isn't that this crazy?
0: Is, this is somebody who goes looking for this stuff and has never done it in 30 years, and somebody could just randomly go to a hotel and see one. Yeah,
1: well, maybe shouldn't look.
0: <laughs> a different guest heard creaking in the kitchen, and a male voice asked, What are you doing? He also learned, he also heard someone with a muffled voice stomping outside of his door and then knocked. Did he answer? I don't think so. <laughs>
1: Why not?
0: this is the last story about room 40. It was in 2015. A guest by the name of Mary decided that she was going to stay in for the evening. She was stretched out on the couch watching TV. A few minutes later, she heard the door that leads out to the balcony slowly begin to open. She nervously stood up as the door opened wider. Then it suddenly just slammed. My guess is that was not the kind of night she was expecting.
1: Probably not. Maybe it was the wind.
0: <laughs> I don't think the wind would have opened the door and then closed it.
1: Oh, yeah, that's probably
0: true. Right. Now, I told you that we were going to focus on the West House, which is what we've done. So there are some, some other things reported in the Peabody House and the Kerwin House, but nothing to anywhere near the level of the of the house we just talked about. But I'm going to tell you about a few. At the Peabody, the most common experience is that guests have it is a spirit that likes to shake the bed. Now, this is more of a gentle shake and not like an exorcist type shake. So one guest had this happen three times in the same night, and then he had somebody sit on the bed. When they asked it to stop, it just did. So it's a courteous ghost.
1: Well, yeah, and look at all the quarters you saved.
0: (laughs) This is true. Another guest has said that her mother was touched on the neck and that the TV turned on by itself and that her boyfriend's bed started shaking. They said they weren't scared at all. They actually thought it was pretty cool. That would be me.
1: Yeah, I know it
0: would be. You would be scared and ready to check out and go to another room.
1: Yes, that's
0: true. At the Kerwin house, a woman said that she and her niece were taking a nap. It was around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. She heard what sounded like heavy furniture being moved on a hardwood floor. There was knocks on the walls for about five minutes. Later that night, they were woken at 1.30 a.m. by a man's voice and some other people talking. It appears that the sounds of heavy furniture moving is heard here quite often. That's a sound that you hear quite often at a lot of hauntings. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I know in my own personal dealings when I lived at home, one of the things that we experienced early on was what sounded like heavy furniture moving across a wooden floor in our attic, and it wasn't possible because the way our attic was set up.
1: I mean, I wonder what the point of that is. I mean, I mean, why do they move furniture? No, I mean,
0: Well, that's true because when you, in a, in a lot of these cases where they people hear that,
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: they go check it out, there's never any furniture actually moved. Yeah. So it's just like the sound is created without there actually being the act of it of it happening.
1: Yeah. Because they know they ain't strong enough to move no dang furniture. <laughs> you know that.
0: But they're strong enough to make the noise, apparently. Yeah. Maybe it's like when, when people like to make the noise like an airplane or something. It's just the doing it. <laughs> I can't fly a plane, but I can make the noise. There you <laughs> go. Well,
1: that's kind of weird, actually. And I can't do...
0: Right. That's a prop plane, just so you know. Oh. I can't do it yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would hope you could not, actually.
0: And for those of you who've never caught, caught this, if you've ever watched the movie Airplane... They show the plane, which is a jet, and the noise that it makes every time they show it is a is a propeller plane. <laughs> and some, you'd be surprised. how mean, people never never catch caught us with it. That, yeah, so.
1: that's so funny.
0: All right, guys, there's that story now. Just give us a uh, quick break from our sponsor, which somebody will complain about, and we'll be back <laughs> with some Patreon and some iTunes.
1: Thanks, guys.
0: All right, Tracy. So, a couple quick things. First of all, we had uh, a live show with Brohio. We did. Last night. It was so much fun. I was up in Ohio. We didn't really advertise it, obviously, because it was something that we just did as a favor to them guys. They've done so much for us. Mm-hmm. So they had already sold out the show in like five minutes. Oh, yeah. So there wasn't any tickets available. That's why we didn't mention it. But we had fun up there hanging out with them.
1: Yeah, it was fun.
0: So one of the big announcements that Tracy and I want to um, talk about is that we have teamed up with a charity that we're very excited about. It's Paranormal Kicks Cancer, and this is something that I found out about recently. I did an interview with uh, Alex Wilkinson and uh, Chris Gostkowski, and I found out about the charity they're involved with. They do these live events all over the country, and the money from the events go to help children that, are, uh, that have cancer. Obviously, it helps support the families that, mm-hmm. that are having to take off work to be with their kids. They've done things like they've raised money to buy a CNI dog for a, a, a little girl who had a cancerous tumor that took her vision. They grant wishes to kids, much like Make a Wish Foundation does. And so we, we found out about it and, and, um, we said, Hey, this is something we want to definitely be a part of. So we'll probably do be doing some shows in the near future as soon as COVID allows. Uh, for us to be able to donate our proceeds to to help out the charity. There's a link in our website. If you go to com, there's a link right there at the very top for Paranormal Kicks Cancer. You can learn all about some of the stuff that they've done. Mm-hmm. They do some other charity work as well. Um, like, for example, they have some stuff where they help uh, veterans that are going through tough times. Uh, oh. They've got some charities where they help out. Uh, people that have pets that need like emergency surgery and stuff like that and they don't have the money so there's all kinds of different things that they're actually involved with but the main one that we will be involved with is the paranormal kicks cancer so we're excited about that
1: yes we are we're very happy and very honored that they want to include us in that so we are really looking forward to helping out
0: yeah in about two weeks from now we're gonna have uh, an interview with Alex and Chris mm-hmm. on, on here, and, and uh, you guys can learn a lot more about it there. Yeah. Plus, all the paranormals that they're also paranormal investigators, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, it's really cool. So we're excited. They're out of Florida. Their uh, their group is called Proof. It's uh, I can't remember what Proof stands for. but It's like paranormal researchers uh, of Florida, so mm-hmm. that's where the proof comes in. But really cool. But you're you're gonna love these guys. So
1: absolutely.
0: All right. Tracy. Y'all. Yeah. What do you have over there for us as far as uh iTunes reviews and and uh, Patreon? Let's do Patreon first.
1: All right. Uh Philip Kelly, thank you so much for your patronage. We appreciate you so much and glad you are a listener. It means a lot to us. And for iTunes reviews we have Kay Cummins and good old Mojo Lobster. Of course. We're very happy to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for your Lovely reviews. We did have a one-star review, but the name was out. There's not even a name. It's just a bunch of letters. So I just chose not to say it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and we're going to obviously, I want to talk about that one a little bit just because uh, it's not a bitch gripe and complain. I guess it's Mm -mm. more of a a, a let's let's learn uh, a little bit of how things work. And and before we even get into that, I want to say about Mojo Lobster because we get asked this literally every other day. We don't know who Mojo Lobster is. Mojo Lobster, you know as much as we do.
1: We want to know.
0: Yeah, we want to know. So if you're Mojo Lobster, even if you want to keep it a secret, send a message to me and Tracy. At least we'll know. (laughs) And we'll keep it a secret for you. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about this one-star review. The review says, how many ads can we fit into one podcast? This podcast should be renamed, how many ads can we fit into one podcast? Seriously though, 10 minutes of ads, 15 minutes of housekeeping, 15 to 20 minutes of topic, 15 minutes of ads, again, 25 minutes of begging people to join their Patreon, and finally 15 minutes of an obscure story or interview that has nothing to do with the title topic. I used to like this podcast, but I like so many, but like so many others, they have sold out the advertisers so they can line their pockets at our expense.
1: Right. Is he still, has he got the right podcast? Because
0: so, so here's the deal. I feel like none of that is true. First of all, first of all. First of all. If you think we're lining our pockets, you need to come live with us for a little bit. <laughs> and when we go over the grocery and we're budgeting like everybody else, and when we're looking at, at you know, just the finances, of looking at the bank and wishing we had more like everybody else, trust me, we're not lining our pockets <laughs> with anything. <laughs> Realistically, though, all, all kidding aside, he mentioned Patreon. We don't even mention Patreon except for the uh, people that join Patreon. And then like every other week, we'll throw in, hey, if you want to not hear any commercials, you can join Patreon as a snap. I to, to say we beg people to join Patreon for 15 or 20 minutes, which I think is what it said. Yeah, that's it's just ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. Now, commercials. Just so everybody knows how commercials work. You have two types of ads. You have the little pre-made commercials from different advertisers at the beginning of, of the shows and at the end of the shows. Those are called dynamic ads, and we don't get to pick those commercials. They're just put there. We do get paid for them, and because we get paid for them, we don't have to badger you guys for money, which is why we don't do that, unlike some other podcast hosts that we've heard in the past. We don't do that. We make our money off of those commercials. And the more of you that listen, the more that we make off the commercials. It's based on how many listens and not how many commercials are jammed in there. So we don't have a say in that. Now, the ones that we talk about in the middle of the show, Oh, you could take, Oh, some of the other ones, those are called live reads. And they are a little bit longer. Those little pre-commercials that you hear in post, those are 30 seconds a piece. That's what they are. And I know sometimes they'll run the same one two or three times right in a row. And it's aggravating. It's aggravating when we listen to a podcast and hear the same thing. But like I said, we don't have any say in those. Now, the ones we do in the middle, there's a lot of weeks. Last month, for example, other than El Yucateco. El Yucatecos every week. But we only had two other commercials the entire month of December. Mm-hmm. Besides El Yucateco. This month, we've only got two. But it just so happens that both of those were on the same episode last week. So last week's episode was probably the heaviest commercial episode we had because you had the ones before and the ones after and you had the three in the, in the, uh, during the show. But we never have three during the show. That was only in four and a half years of doing this. That's only the second time I think we've ever had three in a show ever. So it's not something that happens. Uh, and, but we do look at all this and then. So the five minutes, or he says, uh, 15 minutes of housekeeping. That's reading the iTunes reviews and all that. And of course, we always say, pay some housekeeping. So are you ready for this? So he said 20 minutes worth of commercials, 15 to 20 minutes for a show, 15 minutes of housekeeping, and another 20 minutes on Patreon. All that. Just so you know, I went back to last week's episode since it was the most commercial heavy. Every commercial at the beginning, every commercial at the end, the three we read, and the housekeeping was 15 minutes total. Total. And that's on our heaviest episode. And why am I telling you this? Because it's aggravating when somebody just stretches the truth like it because that was nowhere near accurate. It was nowhere near accurate. But when people look at reviews of a show in heaven, listen to the show, and they see that, you know, it's just very misleading, and you really can't do anything about it. iTunes just leaves that stuff up. doesn't matter what it is. They'll just leave it up. People can say whatever they want. It just, it just sucks that people can just bend the reality like that, and you really can't do anything to dispute it.
1: Yeah, that's but, true.
0: Trust me, we wouldn't have commercials at all if we didn't have to. But that's how we make a living now, so, you know, we can't really do it. And, and we always look at it the way, you know, you should. The show's free, so... You know, it's, it's not costing anything. And check this out. We changed the format of the show to avoid that. Everybody's podcast player has a fast forward button. You can fast forward through the beginning, beginning commercials or the ones in the middle, but also the housekeeping that we do, the interview that he was talking about or the story that didn't have anything to do with it. All that's bonus stuff. When the show is over, you literally could turn the sh- could turn it off right then. Once we've finished a topic, like on this one being Old Salem Man, or just Salem Man. I'm sorry, they probably don't want me mispronouncing her name. But when that's over, you can turn it off if you want to. You don't have to listen to a bonus episode. You don't have to listen to us give iTunes reviews or any of that. But that's why we put it at the end of the show. If you want to hear it, it's there. But if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to listen to it. So that's why I get confused when somebody complains about. You know, how many, what the, the interview was or why the, why, why did we interview this person? And they wish we wouldn't do the interview. It's all bonuses. It's all after the show. So you don't have to listen to any of it. That's why I just, I don't know. It just blows my mind that something that you give on for extra could turn into a negative for somebody. Yeah. But
1: you know, we can't make everybody happy. No. But. The majority of you are great. So we love you and we appreciate you hanging in there with
0: us. But for those that were listening, I just wanted you to know how the commercials work. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: So. I
1: mean, they can't really gripe about that about TV shows. They could have commercials and they're horrible. I mean, that's right. it's nowhere near us or anything, but I'm just saying if you can sit and watch a,
0: or YouTube
1: or yeah, a commercial or whatever on TV, I don't see how this is any different.
0: I watched a 12 minute YouTube clip today. It was a news story. It was a 12-minute news story. And in that 12 minutes, there were seven different stoppages yeah. for a commercial. Yep. Seven for a commercial.
1: So hang in there with us, guys.
0: So, But, you know, I'm not going to apologize for us trying to make a living and and for us making money off the hard work that we put into a show. But... You know, if people don't like it, they don't like it. I can't, I can't say anything about that, but I would just rather people wouldn't go and stretch the truth so tremendously on a review to where it, you know, mm-hmm. causes other people, especially if you were somebody who used to listen to the show. Yeah. And I don't know how many times I've got to say this. You know, we've got email. We've got websites. We've got a thousand groups, thousand different ways you can reach us. And did this person ever reach out to us? Mm-mm. No. And my guess is honestly that it's probably a troll. It was probably somebody that just wanting to start crap. And that was all it was. I, I, I seriously doubt this was a genuine listener who just had a complaint. I just do. So it is what it is, but haters gonna hate. That's what I say. I
1: still love you though.
0: Whatever. Anyways.
1: Cause you know what? Love is better. Okay. And I love you guys so yes, much.
0: We definitely love you guys. And we're, we're, uh, wrapping it up. And we just wanted to say we love you. And I just wanted to explain a little bit before we got out of here.
1: You guys, I hope you all have a blessed, blessed week.
0: And
1: that's it, man.
0: Oh, I do have one more thing to add. This is kind of cool. Chelsea Anaya, who is a longtime listener of the show. Mm. Most of you know her from the group. She is trying to get on the cover of Inked Magazine. So Mm -hmm. she went out and did this photo shoot and they put it up for voting. You can vote every single day up through Thursday, and the uh, she was in third place in her little group uh, last week or earlier this week, and we put it up, and we, we as a group, uh got her, all the listeners got her up to first place, but now she dropped back down to third, so I've put it now back out on all of our social media. If you don't, aren't a member of our group and can't find it you go to our website i actually put a link where you can vote for right on hillbillyhorrorstory.com oh very cool and it's right next to the such a doll yeah it's right next to the um paranormal kicks cancer link so you can kind of check out both of them at the same time sounds good but free to vote you can vote every day through now through thursday that's when it ends and uh help her out i'm sure she would appreciate it oh my gosh yeah
1: yeah you go girl
0: all right guys thank you so much bye guys
1: love you